0: SNAP benefits are changing, when do you have to start paying your student loans once again, and abortion medication could be coming off the shelves at any minute. Details on these things and much, much more coming up on this morning's episode of BBP News. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. It's Monday morning, March 6th of 2023. I almost forgot the date. Don't mind me. (laughs) But it is Monday, March 6th. We're back for another news episode. Just me this morning. Chris unfortunately could not join us this time around, but he will be back on Wednesday for Idiots in the News and of course on Friday as well for that news episode. But you just have me this morning, but we have a lot to talk about. So don't worry. It's still going to be a very full show. Before we get into any of that, though, let's let's look at the weather headed into this week here. Starting in Los Angeles, California, it'll be partly cloudy today with a high of 56 degrees. In Houston, Texas, it'll be mostly cloudy today with a high of 83. Nice and warm in Houston once again. In Chicago, a little more dreary rain today with a high of 55. And in New York City, back to partly cloudy with a high of 50 degrees. Well, I don't really have a lot to talk about this morning ahead of the news here. Uh, Again, as I've said before, when I come on these shows alone, it's just not the same without Chris here. There's just not a lot of banter to be had, not a lot of talking to be done. So let's jump straight into the news. We have a lot of big things to talk about here. And starting out, if you get SNAP benefits or know someone that does This section is going to be for you. Extra SNAP benefits went away as of last week. And if you're on Social Security, your SNAP benefits may also decrease or go away altogether. So what's going on here? During the pandemic, Congress approved emergency expanded SNAP benefits to help low-income individuals and struggling families keep food on the table. Those benefits were known as emergency allotments, and those emergency allotments were added to the normal amount of SNAP benefits that are given to those who qualify. In some cases, emergency allotment was an additional $95 a month in benefits. Well, as of March 1st, that was last Wednesday, the extra benefits have disappeared, and that is because Congress chose not to extend them. It doesn't mean that your SNAP benefit is going to go away completely. It just means that that extra benefit has ended. Now, in 17 states, the emergency benefits had already ended. But for everyone else, including those in Washington, D.C., in Guam and the U.S. Virgin Islands, your emergency allotments went away, like I said, last Wednesday. Here's where Social Security comes into play, though. This year, as we know, because of inflation, those on Social Security got a huge pay increase. The cost of living adjustment was bumped up by 8.7%. That was the biggest increase in 40 years. But your Social Security benefit is considered income. And because of that increase, your SNAP benefit may be significantly reduced or eliminated altogether. So, if you have questions about any of this, or what this specifically means for you, make sure to call your local SNAP benefit line. Now that the Supreme Court has heard the student loan forgiveness cases, when will you have to start repaying your federal student loans? The Department of Education says that monthly payments will resume either in 60 days after the administration is allowed to start forgiving either $10,000 or $20,000 worth of your federal student loan debt, or 60 days after the lawsuits are resolved, or by September 1st if the litigation has not yet been resolved. So let's play this out. The Supreme Court is expected to make a decision on these two student loan forgiveness cases at some point in June when their term ends. That means that you will have to start repaying what's left on your federal student loans 60 days after that point, which would be sometime in August of this year. In a few months, it's going to be harder to get certain telemedicine prescription drugs from your doctor for certain controlled medications like Adderall, Ritalin, or Vicodin, and in some cases, Ambien and Xanax as well. The Drug Enforcement Agency just announced a new proposed rule to shrink the scope of what your doctor can and cannot prescribe without first seeing you in person. The DEA says that improper prescribing by online telehealth companies during the pandemic guided its decision to ban first-time online prescriptions for certain drugs. These drugs are categorized as Schedule 2, 3, 4, and 5. Schedule 2 drugs, which include things like Adderall, Oxycodone, Ritalin, and Vicodin, under these proposed rules, cannot be prescribed by a doctor who only saw you online. You have to physically go and see a doctor in person to get that prescription. For a new prescription of a Schedule 3, 4, or 5 drug, which would include things like Ambien, Xanax, and Lyrica, those can be prescribed by a doctor you've only seen online. However, the new prescription will only be a 30-day supply. And then if you need a refill of one of these drugs, you will have to see the doctor in person. These rules do not impact other non-controlled medications that would be prescribed to you through telehealth. And the DEA says that these new proposed rules would take effect when the COVID-19 public health emergency ends on May 11th. Any minute, abortion pills could be pulled off of store shelves even in states where abortion rights are protected. Right now, the decision is left in the hands of a federal district court judge in Texas, but there is a recent plot twist to this story that we'll get into here in a little bit. But first, here's what's happening with the whole case. The drug called mifepristone is a two-step medication abortion drug that has been approved by the FDA for more than 20 years. It can only be taken up to 10 weeks into the pregnancy and can help with miscarriage recovery as well. It has been deemed safe and effective by the FDA and all presidential administrations since President Clinton. Recently, Mifeprestone has been seen by many as an alternative to the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade last summer. Soon after that decision, the Biden administration expanded the availability of these pills nationwide. And that was the last straw for a group called the Alliance Defending Freedom. They filed this lawsuit in a Texas federal district court against the FDA and the Department of Health and Human Services, saying that the FDA was wrong to approve Mephepper in the first place back in the year 2000. They alleged that the FDA ignored what they called widespread harmful side effects, an allegation leading medical professionals and the FDA vehemently disagree with. But here's the thing, medication abortions are said to account for more than 50% of legal abortions in this country. And because of President Biden's actions after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, mifepristone has been available across the country, even in states that have effectively banned abortions. But if the Texas judge does side with the Alliance Defending Freedom, Mifepristone will no longer be available at the pharmacy or through the mail, which would leave only clinics access to the drug, but only in states where abortion is legal. And here's the twist. Brace yourselves for this one. This is the crazy uh, story that I had mentioned before. 12 Democrat-led states are also suing the FDA over mifepristone. However, their argument... Says that the FDA's limits on the drug are too strict. Under current FDA regulations, providers and pharmacies must be certified in order to issue the drug, and patients have to sign an agreement saying that they're getting the medication for the purpose of ending a pregnancy, and these 12 states say that that's too much red tape to go through. So what's really behind this lawsuit? Well, experts believe that the Democrat-led states are anticipating the Texas judge will rule in favor of the Alliance Defending Freedom and will pull the drug from shelves nationwide so they're hoping to get a conflicting ruling in another federal court which could set up yet another showdown in the supreme court to settle this so this is a fight that will likely be rather drawn out and we will continue to update this as we know more it seems that president biden is taking a real trump-like stance when it comes to asylum seekers at the southern border of the united states and for the next 30 days you have a say about this Last week, the Biden administration released a new proposed rule to get ahead of the influx of migrants that could try to enter the U.S. if and when Title 42 goes away. This new proposal basically disqualifies certain migrants from being granted asylum in the United States and makes it easier for border protection to deport them faster. It makes those migrants ineligible for asylum if they cross the U.S. southern border illegally after failing to first ask for asylum in another country they've traveled through, like Mexico. If Mexico does say no, then they can try to seek asylum in the United States. However, if the migrant is unable to prove that another country turned them down, they'll be deported from the United States immediately. The proposal says that the Biden administration is trying to, quote, encourage migrants to seek lawful, safe and orderly pathways into the United States. End quote. This rule does not apply to unaccompanied migrant children and would last for two years unless, of course, Congress passes some comprehensive immigration reform. Back in 2019, former President Trump enacted a very similar regulation. However, it was ultimately struck down in federal court. And advocates for asylum seekers say that they are going to challenge this rule as well in federal court. But while all of that plays out, the Justice Department and Homeland Security must open this temporary proposed rule up for public comment for the next 30 days. That period has started already and you can comment until March 23rd. And the Biden administration. Told the Supreme Court that it plans to finalize this rule by May. If you are planning to buy a house sometime soon, you're going to want to pay attention to this. Housing costs for about 850,000 Americans just got a little bit cheaper. Last month, the White House announced a new program that reduces the percentage that you pay for federal mortgage insurance. In case you didn't know, generally, when do you get an FHA mortgage or put down less than 20% on a home, you also have to get mortgage insurance, which is a fee to ensure the lender gets paid even if you default on the loan. Well, the federal government through the Federal Housing Administration has its own mortgage insurance, and that's the one that we are talking about here. Under this new program, the current FHA mortgage insurance premium will be reduced from 0.85% to 0.55%. We know that that doesn't sound like a whole lot, But when you're talking about a mortgage of $265,000, that's a savings of about $800 in the first year. And for a borrower with a mortgage of almost $458,000, the national median home price in the US as of December 2022, that's a savings of about $1,400 in the first year. To be very clear, this program will only apply to new FHA mortgage insurance obtained after March 20th of 2023. But speaking of housing, according to a new report from the National Association of Realtors, the percentage of existing home sales dropped in January by almost 37%, to be specific, 36.9%. That's the 12th straight month of declines and the longest streak of back to back monthly declines since 1999. They say that the slowing is due to home buyers just sitting it out because of the really high mortgage rates. But here's the very interesting part here, you'd think that home prices would be going down to entice those buyers, but no, home prices actually increased 1.3% from last year, making the median existing home price $359,000. Getting into rapid news here, disgraced South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdaugh has been convicted of the double murder of his wife and son, and he has been sentenced to life in prison with no parole. And President Biden will be releasing his yearly budget proposal, as I stated in yesterday's week ahead episode. That will be coming out on Thursday and will show his plans for the nation over the next year. But now getting into good news for this morning, and I just have such... It's kind of an adorable story, I'm not going to lie. Because eight-year-old Kaizen Hunter, I hope I pronounced that first name correctly, has done everything he can to help his new friend uh, basically get a better life. And that friend is... Devante Gardner, a waiter at Kaizen's favorite Waffle House that he goes to regularly with his family. This is such an awesome story, you guys. Kaizen started going to the restaurant with his grandfather and later with his parents. And every time that they would go in, he would see Gardner and they started talking and they always exchanged jokes. And eventually... Kaizen and his family learned that Gardner's living situation was rather rough. So Gardner was living in a motel with his wife and two daughters after moving out of an apartment that had no heat, it had mold, it had rats, you know, just not a good living situation at all, but was trying to save up for a car, trying to save up for a new home, but was struggling due to the price of the motel. So Kaizen one day after learning about this, came home and told his mom that He wanted to start a GoFundMe for Devontae Gardner to try and help him and his family get back up on their feet. Eight years old. Eight years old and is saying this. And so after a little convincing, they decided to set it up and get it going. And at first they were just trying to raise a couple thousand dollars to maybe help um, Gardner get a new car. But it quickly grew. This this skyrocketed after it started getting a little attention. It blew up and now has raised over sixty six thousand dollars and Gardner has just signed a lease on a new two-bedroom apartment for his family. He's working to get a car. He's saving some of that money for his kids later on and just an absolute turnaround for this Waffle House waiter that made friends with an eight-year-old that absolutely changed his life. Eight years old. I can't express that enough. That is such an awesome story. The fact that it was Kaizen's idea to do this, the fact that he was the one that wrote the description on the GoFundMe page, and the fact that it has raised over $66,000. Absolutely amazing I love this story. It's absolutely it's adorable. It is fantastic and this 8-year-old is a hero and has a huge huge heart. But that is the end of this Monday morning news episode. I'll be back here tomorrow morning with another episode of Eye on the Ball. We will be breaking down some of the stuff surrounding the World Baseball Classic and maybe some predictions on how that will go. We'll be back here on Wednesday with another episode of Idiots in the News and on Friday again with a an With a news episode to round out your work week. But until then, you guys, until tomorrow, enjoy the start to your week.